0: Welcome back to the Lily Kate show. I'm very glad you guys are here today and something pretty hilarious and providential and convenient and really epic happened recently. My speaking partner and show partner Carson Wolf and I have been filming at all these different schools our new show called Sanity Check. The way this show is formatted are there are four metrics and each one has a little bit of a different purpose that we can test all within a three hour time period of being on campus, tabling, passing out things, etc. One of the metrics is we have these handheld flags and we go up to people and we say, Hey, we're passing out flags. Which flag do you identify with more? Do you want to take a flag? Here you go. You. Or do you want to take an American flag? Whichever one represents you the best. In the right hand, we have the LGBTQ flag. In the left hand, we have the American flag. And so far, we filmed two episodes of this show, one at Texas A&M, one at LSU, uh, Louisiana State University. We actually only have one LGBTQ flag left. And so far, each time we've ran out of our LGBTQ flags and had leftover American flags. And it's really interesting because when we were in the car coming home from LSU, literally on Tuesday, we were listening to our favorite podcaster, Michael Knowles, and he said this.
1: We are now going to have the BLM flag fly next to the American flag, but the BLM flag opposes the American flag. There's a contradiction here. The BLM movement really got off the ground because people started protesting the American flag on football fields and a lot of other places. So these are contradictory symbols. And I bet you, if you asked liberals around America, which flag do you more identify with? If you asked real, real activists, leftists, and liberals, which flag do you more identify with? The BLM flag or the American flag? I bet most of them would tell you the BLM flag. Beyond BLM, if you showed a flag, the, the LGBT, the rainbow flag or the new rainbow flag where there's a bunch of races in it, you know, like black is now a sexual orientation or something, that flag or the American flag, which do you identify more with? I, I would bet that most ardent leftist and liberal activists would tell you the rainbow flag
0: little does Mr. Knowles actually know, but we are actively putting his theory to the test in our show Sanity Check, definitely, hopefully coming out soon, which is very exciting, but also pretty detrimental, pretty scary. The fact that people feel like they identify with the LGBTQ flag more than the flag of their own country. And of course, in our Sanity Check show, we take a lot of questions to the people who are on college campuses and when we were at LSU we actually asked a question that uh, really gets to the heart of this gender LGBTQ ideology and I just want to showcase some of those answers because we are on a very downward spiral downward trajectory whenever you give over your loyalties and your ability to cognizantly base your truth off of, base the truth off of, base your worldview off of to the LGBTQ flag when you hand yourself over to that very dark ideology you get very confused about very basic things so we ask them this question do you think that dads should be men and here were some of those answers trigger warning um in my opinion i don't
2: really think it matters no (laughs) how come Dad's just a dad it doesn't really matter just as long as they have a good figure on both sides. Why? Because some people can feel like fatherly stereotypes who aren't men. I think dad should be
0: dad. I don't think there should be any gender. I mean, you know, it doesn't, I mean, why does, what ha, what's in your pants determine how you can parent? Uh, And keep in mind, these are college level students. They're all going to graduate, go into the workforce, go and be teachers. They're going to all maybe, maybe raise families someday. And this is the type of parents that you're going to be put next to, parents who don't believe in any kind of traditional structure, parents who don't believe in any kind of sex norms, gender norms, whatever you want to call it with these episodes, we're asking very basic questions, right? Are women even real? Do you think abortion is mean? Do all dads have to be men? And people are confused about those very basic questions. So I'm going to have someone on. Her name is Kaylee Campbell. She is currently working on the Shelley Luther Texas campaign. She's a turning point ambassador, a social media influencer, a good friend of mine. So if you guys would please welcome Kaylee to the podcast.
2: Kaylee, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? So good. I'm so
0: glad you're here. And the theme of this podcast today has been going back to the basics, right? Women can do what women can do, and men should do what men can do. Um, And they're not better at it than each other. So we're going back to the very basic and fundamental ideas. But it seems as if that's where our political discourse is going. So let's talk about, I mean... What are the differences between men and
2: women? How can women do women things better? And how can men do men things better? Biologically, men and women are created differently. And that's okay. We need to embrace that first of all. And women have always been the ones who are the nurturers. And, you know, they take care of their families. They take care of the husband. And men are supposed to be the protectors. You know, they're the dominant ones in the family. They're supposed to provide income, stability, things like that. And I think that's something that we need to embrace in society instead of trying to change. Why are we trying to change something that has worked for so
0: many years that is uh, that is reflective of natural laws? I love that answer. So what do you think really is the difference in men and women's emotional capability? Because that's really where we get a heavy amount of distinction that the left is really trying to erase the area of what men and women can provide differently emotionally to people.
2: Right. So women are naturally more emotional than men. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Men tend to think with logic more. And so they're able to make decisions in a different way. And I think that with women basing their decisions on emotions and men basing their decisions on logic, not saying that women can't do that, but just the combination of the both really balances out a relationship, any relationship in general. That's something that they're trying to change right now because. They think, and they being the left, think that women can be equal to men and do the jobs that men can do when half of the jobs, you know, aren't really made for women to do or things like that. And so it's it's frustrating as a woman watching them try to include us in these things that, you know, men may excel better at, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Peterson
0: always makes this point. He's like, no, 99% of bricklayers are men. 99% of people who drive dump trucks or who pick up the trash are men. Mm-hmm. 99% of like construction workers who are doing heavy lifting life risking jobs are men no feminists are complaining about that because there are some jobs that men should be doing so that the women don't have to do. But I want to go into something you said a little bit deeper. You said men obviously think with more logic. Women often think more emotionally. And in our culture that values, um, you know, from a young age, like as a homeschooler, right, we are always told – that logic is what you should follow. Your emotions will lead you astray. Logic is the thing that is going to, you know, get you to the place you need to go. And while that has a lot of truth to it in a lot of situations, I don't think that's always necessarily so true. So whenever we say things like men think with more logic, women think more emotionally, which are true statements, we don't want people to be thinking, in that same vein, that logic is superior than emotion. They serve different purposes. Oftentimes when my boyfriend and I are making decisions about what to do about a certain situation, he'll think very critically and logically. I will think in a more empathetic way and a more strategic way, a way where, where I consider other people's emotions, not just consider ourselves. And I think that that's a really important distinction. Women can think with their empathy. Men typically don't think with that empathetic side of themselves that they have. But women tend to think with that more and lead with that more, which, which oftentimes can yield better outcomes for situations that people are in. And so I don't want to discredit emotional thinking because, yes, there are many downsides to emotional thinking, as we both know. But there are some upsides to it. And so I guess, like, with that same line of thought, obviously there are natural convictions to each sex, And natural convictions means things that we necessarily want, things that we necessarily need, things that we need to, to live, right. To live a quality life, those things differ. And so can we talk about a little bit, what are the different natural convictions or natural needs of each
2: of the sexes? Well, okay. So with women, I 100% believe, you know, their natural convictions are to have kids raise a family. Like I said earlier, they're nurturers. They want to take care of their children. They want to take care of their husband. So women just have this natural inclination to care for other, other people. Men's natural inclinations are to be protective, to be uh, defensive, you know, be dominant, to be assertive and just really take the lead in something.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a great thing. That's a beautiful thing too. And not saying that all women have to like have children by the time she's twenty two, and all men have to be protectors and defenders at the time they're twenty three. It's like no, Mm -hmm. but that is a very natural law. Men typically think more in terms of like what is my legacy that I'm leaving behind. They think in a very linear fashion, right? It's like what's my goal? What's my second goal? What's another goal that I can accomplish? I'm climbing this mountain. I'm gonna unclimb this one, and then I'm gonna jump off, and then I'm gonna. climb another mountain. And then they think in a very linear way. Whereas women, we think in a more circular way, if you will, and humory with this line of thought, we think in a way of like the circle of life, right? We think, mm-hmm. how do we, how can we as women insert life into situations, whenever, whether that's in our home, you know, turning a house into a home, whether that's with our family, literally bringing life into this world or whether that's in even the workplace. I mean, plenty of women my age are in the workforce or in college, right? And they think about how can we make something beautiful? How can we insert life Mm -hmm. into those things? And so the, the natural convictions are men build Men create, men build structures, and women come in and insert life into the structures that are built by the men because without the structures, um, we would have nothing to give life to. We'd have nothing to make beautiful. We'd have nothing to give purpose to as women. But if if men were just building things and nobody was coming in and making it beautiful and turning it into something presentable, then what's the point in building things? And that kind of leads me to like my next topic is because we offer each other beautiful things and we fill in for each other with our natural convictions conveniently enough in ways that the other sex is weaker. And so let's talk about specifically, both you and I are actually in long-term relationships, which is super exciting for us. So let's talk about like, what a man can offer a woman to complete the picture?
2: Well, I think that a man can offer stability. Um, you know, I think that both men and women can bring income into the household, but um, I definitely think that the stability is really there because, you know, they want to build, they want to create, and they want to create a family and a household and build that up. And um, so men can really offer stability is really the word i just keep going back to because i think that's yeah, a perfect yeah it's like
0: he he focuses the emotions and the the questioning right the mm-hmm. he focuses the beauty a lot of times of being a woman because beauty needs to have a purpose and your questions need to have purpose and your emotions need to have a purpose and men that v- like vitalizing stability i think you're on the exact right word is they provide they say hey what's going on Mm-hmm. Let's focus this. Let's talk about it. Let's channel it into something productive. I always say like without women, there would be no community, mm-hmm. but without men, there would just be no stability in any community, right? right? We need both to actually build a flourishing society. And so when men can be kind of that foundation where the women can leap off of and then create something beautiful, I think that's exactly how in a, in general terms, you know, what men can offer women. I think obviously there is you know, the physical aspect of what men can offer women, like strength and protection and things like that. Right. But again, that still goes back to your idea of stability. So I think you're right on the money there. Where, What if my career goes really far? And when will I want to maybe step down and have a family? And I'm like, well, I think I can do them both because that's the culture we live in, right? Women can do all right. and both and do them well, right? Culture, uh, family, be a mom. She can also own a business and make money. I think We live in a time where that is perfectly achievable for a woman. And um, I've recently started like paying rent and paying for more of my own stuff, right? As I'm kind of growing into my adulthood and I hate it. But I I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, there will come a time where, Mm-hmm. I just don't want to have to worry about this anymore. There's a time where I would want someone to provide for me so that I can wake up every morning and do things, not just even around the house, but do things in the community. I can go raise a family. I can go be this beautiful woman out in the culture because I have that grounding stability of a husband who will provide for me. And not to say that I'm just going to retire and become a trad wife, which, you know, is definitely a backup plan and definitely like down <laughs> in the future, but You know, there's there's that thought of, wow, I don't have to provide for myself forever and ever and ever because that would be miserable. Do you do you get thoughts like that? Or is that totally just totally me?
2: No, I totally I think about that, too. Like, I I love the idea of being a housewife. You know, I've always had a knack for uh, decorating (laughs) and I would love nothing more than to decorate my own house one day, literally stay home. But I still have that business drive, too. So Mm -hmm. it's like a combination of both, I think would be really nice. Yeah. And
0: I think we live in a culture where that is, as I said, perfectly achievable, right? We can get the housework done. We can cook. We can also run a business from our computer. We can run a business locally. Like we can do that, but it's like a great place to be for a woman in society is I can choose to do that if I want. I can also choose to not do that and still be happy because my husband will provide for me. That I really believe is what feminine freedom can be. Um, But moving on to the other kind of aspect of this, right? What can a woman offer a man that he does not have in himself or
2: in his guy friends? A woman can offer, you know, more of a soft, like nurturing, empathetic approach towards a man because, not saying men aren't empathetic, but, you know, they do need a softer <laughs> side to them. They need a woman by their side mm-hmm. who's going to bring out the softer side of them and really give them, like, companionship and, like, respect and, like, loyalty. My boyfriend currently, who listens to this podcast, <laughs> so he'll probably
0: be smiling gleefully at this point, but he is currently in, like, this military kind of school. He lives in this hallway right and there's tons of guys everywhere they work out like freaking six hours a day right they're all crammed in there they're all getting yelled at all the time and it's it's miserable it's horrible and I went to him one time and I was like well I'd like to go see where you're living (laughs) for the next four years of your life and he was like no he was like I'm not bringing you into that hallway because other guys are going to see you and they're gonna say horrible things about you to me. They're gonna objectify you and they're going to have gross comments. He's like, I'm not degrading you in that way. And not to say that all men are gross like that, but women civilize men and that is why we are so sought after by them. And what I mean by that is men obviously have this very high sex drive. They have this testosterone, especially when they're all together in a group. And the dynamic instantly changes as soon as there's a woman there because the men Mm -hmm. start being on their best behavior. And they start realizing there's a higher good than stupid jokes and wrestling (laughs) and punching each other. Um, And because men would be ultimately super brutish without women. It would be endless war. It would be endless um, destruction, building and then tearing back down. And so I think that women very much do civilize men so I want to ask you, because we're not just saying all these things about traditional gender roles, traditional masculinity and femininity to be contradictory to the narrative, the you know prevailing political narrative right now. We're saying all these things because they are based in some truth. And so, Kaylee, I want to I want to ask you why, you know, what is the truth that our family structures, our structures are even grounded in and why is society ordered in the christian viewpoint in the way that it actually is
2: well you know it starts it starts from the bible and the bible really goes in depth about men and women's places in society and the way it should be ordered um versus the way they're trying to order it is two completely different things the church is supposed to be structured
0: right and the family is the building block of a society. And so therefore, the family is also, like you said, it's talked about a lot in the Bible and how the family should be structured. And so whenever we talk about why society is structured and you know the reason behind it, it's because it has been tried and true for years upon years upon years of people living in you know, in submission to the natural laws and the natural way that the Lord has created us, right? The way that he's created the world. Yeah, and
2: I think um, looking back at relationships back in the day, I'm going to quote myself from the 50s and the 60s, you know, people's grandparents are still together. The divorce rate nowadays is like at an all-time high, and that's because the like relationship dynamic has just switched up so much from what it used to be. So like people can go look at their grandparents, look how long they've been together and ask them what worked, what worked and what didn't work. And why are you still together to this day? And then look at the relationships now and ask that exact same question. What happened? Why are divorce rates shooting up through the roofs? Why are people like just getting divorced, breaking up? relationships aren't as long as they used to be things like that because i feel like that's really important because traditional roles back 60s 50s 70s 40s however far back we want to go um it's just completely different now
0: you ask the question why Mm -hmm. how did you get here why is it working this way and why is it not working this way in our current modern day anymore and you need to ask that to the biblical structures of what Paul especially talks about in Ephesians, the biblical structures of a family or of the church, right? Why did it work? How does it work? And why is everything falling apart now? And I think you'll find that it works because it is in in line with the natural laws that God lays out for us in the way that he's actually designed our DNA. But also it works because structure is a good thing and structure is something that is, you know, inherently mm-hmm. more masculine. Um, you know, getting into a little bit of this archetype um, psychology that Jordan Peterson a lot of the time subscribes to, and a lot of other psychologists like Carl Jung and, and people like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but structure is a good thing, and structure can lead to prosperity, and we can insert beautiful things as women into that structure. But essentially, we do need that, and we ask the question, why? And it's because because structure works. And that's the plain and simple answer. We're not, you know, Kaylee, you and I are not yeah. trying to be rebellious against the common prevailing narrative. We are trying to <laughs> adhere to timeless truths right. that have been proven to be successful. And so then I guess looking forward, I want to ask you, as, you know, a woman, <laughs> what should, I mean, even the future of women be in the USA? We can't continue this trajectory of wild empowerment, competing with men, sexual freedom and, you know, sleeping your way to the top of the corporate ladder like this recent CNN uh, scandal with President Jeff Zucker. CNN President Jeff Zucker, not U.S. President. But what should the future of
2: women be in the United States? I, I did some research back in the past and looked at the different phases of the feminist movement and it started out well, you know, we got the right to vote. Everything was going smoothly. And then as the phases advanced... It just started going completely downhill, like you said, with the sexual freedom, with all of these gender roles mixing and matching, women trying to compete and be better than men. And I feel like for the future of women, we need to embrace who we are and the stuff that we're good at and then understand that that helps balance out our relationships with men because men and women can totally build lives together and it not be some sort of competition like they're trying to make it out to be. And with the modern-day far-left feminist movement that's happening, that we're watching, it's creating such a toxic environment for women, and it's really backfiring with with the whole um, equality part of it, like men trying to compete in women's sports. Like, what do you think that's doing to women? That's not helping women at all. That's literally destroying the sports that they are good at and that they have their own section for. And it's just completely getting rid of it. And I—it's I, that's one of the main points that I've focused on in the past because it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand how they don't see it.
0: I know. It's starting to fold inward onto itself. And you're exactly right about where the feminist movement started going wrong, right? Through the 1840s to the 1920s, women suffrage, the women suffrage right, to get the right to vote. And during the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, The feminist movement kind of died, and then after uh, 1945, the end of World War II, during the quote-unquote boredom or traditionalism of the 1950s, that's when the sexual revolution started blossoming, started rumbling throughout suburbia and from the more urban parts of the United States essentially the idea of feminism was resurrected and that's where it started to go wrong. Then you got the move for reproductive rights, the move for total equality. And now all of a sudden you have this idea of that reproductive rights are somewhere in the constitution, question mark, where, 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 um, you also have this crazy, you know, narrative of, women's supremacy because feminism has not not even stopped at equality, right? Where does equality stop? And it's like, well, now women are superior to men. We are an untouchable class. We need to, in fact, as you said, compete with men, put men down because we- you know, suspect that they are above us. And that kind of chaos and order and dismantling important ideas and structures is inherently Marxist. It's inherently left-wing. And feminism mm-hmm. has just simply turned into Marxism. This is a point I make in my speeches all the time. We don't see it, but feminism has just proclaimed and taken on the mantelpiece of being a Marxist ideology because it's all based upon power. It's perceived that it's about inequality. It's perceived that it's about, you know, equal outcome or equal opportunity, things like that. And that is an inherently Marxist way of thinking. And women have fallen for that. We have fallen for the lie that we are oppressed because we there is a family structure that should be followed because it's worked for thousands of years. That is not oppressive. In fact, like Jesus said, the truth will set you free and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so when we talk about, you know, feminine freedom, the opposite of that is feminism because feminism makes women bitter. It makes them subservient to their lowest desires. It objectifies them, right? We see all this, like, sexual revolution, Cardi B dancing on the stage for millions to see, objectifying herself. It squashes women's joy, and it facilitates um, no beauty. It turns actual beauty into ugliness, and it's literally – Making women weak, brash, and I think uncontrollable in a way because it's turned into a supremacy movement of women over men, women over everyone, me over everyone else. It's a selfish Marxist, um, you know, distortion of the way God's design should be
2: for a culture. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that.
0: And it's difficult because a lot of times you'll run into these trigger words, right? Oppression, hierarchy, feminism, masculinity, (laughs) and people get so up in arms about it. But once they actually settle, settle in life and they see, wow, there is a structure to some things, this structure yields joy. And femininity is something that I want to pursue as a woman. I really believe that people will start being happier, start being more joyful, and start really taking on the responsibility that they should as adults right there is a unique feminine responsibility that we have to our communities husbands brothers families siblings and our children and we're rejecting that now but once we see the freedom we can have and choose to um, navigate and and live in that freedom then i think women will start being a lot happier
2: yeah i agree kaylee thank you so much for coming on today absolutely thank you so much for having me